ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Matt, we have a great episode today. We got to go check out the Sideshow Collectibles booth while we were at San Diego Comic-Con, and we got to talk to two great guys about working at Sideshow. Who do we have today? I got one of my buddies named David Igo, and uh, he and I know each other through special effects stuff. He works for Sideshow for a while now, and he hooked us up with uh, Sideshow's PR guy, the one and only Andy Smith. And... If you're like us, you like all things nerd, if you've gone to Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, even if you've never fucking heard of Sideshow before, you have seen their stuff. They have the they have one of the biggest booths there, period. It's just an amazing mecca of toys and statue. They make really high-quality, beautiful pieces from... Everything geek, right? You have Star Wars, you have Lord of the Rings, you have every superhero franchise you could think of. Just amazing stuff. They have all different formats, premium formats. They have giant, you know, foot and a half foot tall things. They have life-size Boba Fett statues. They have life-size Han Solo and Carbonite statues. Then they have, you know, statues that would look perfect next to your coffee cup at your cubicle. It's amazing. The stuff ranges in price from, you know... Sixty dollars to seven thousand dollars. It's amazing. Yeah, they're they're pretty ridiculous, and we really get into it. And uh, take a look on our social media because we're going to talk a lot about these different figures and these different statues. And we'll put up the pictures of some of the of as many of these things as we can. There's a lot we talk about a lot, but it was so funny because we we get there is one of the first interviews we were doing. One of the first interviews I was doing there because I got there on Friday. Matt was there on Thursday. Rumi actually snuck in during this interview. I started the interview. And about like 10 minutes in, Rumi's like, woo, whoop. And I had all his, his mic and stuff already set up. He just slid. You'll hear that seamless transition as he just pops up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works out pretty well. And it's funny because we were standing right by this like awesome Death Trooper. And uh, it was like a little Star Wars area. There's a lot of cool a full, Star Wars the, figures. The Death Trooper he's talking about is the full-size Death Trooper statue or, or, or mannequin or something. Like We were standing. Yeah. like It wasn't a guy in cosplay. It was a statue standing right behind us. That you can buy <laughs> for and then a lot of monies. <laughs> next to that was a full-size cosplayer dressed as Chewbacca who was taking yeah, pictures of everybody. Yeah, this was not a mannequin. This yeah, was I a don't, you'll hear <laughs> Chewbacca in the interview. I don't know if that was like someone for Sideshow or just someone with a bitch and Chewbacca, but... It was a really good, like really high end. Like the mouth moved, and when his mouth moved, he made noises, which was great. It was cool, but that's where we chose to do our interview. <laughs> so every now and then, you'll just hear, and you're like, "Oh, Wookie, what's up?" <laughs> and then there was a friendly neighborhood web slinger who who slung by our our interview as well. Yeah, this guy just tries to hop in on our conversation. Spider-Man is funny. You guys recognize somebody you knew? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Dave and I have a couple of mutual friends, and we have one of our friends is Jen Rose, who's a pretty bitchin' special effects, uh, practical special effects and makeup artist. She's one of those people who, like, I don't see anywhere anymore except Comic-Con. I will bump into her at Comic-Con every single year, even if I don't see her in the entire 364 days before the next Comic-Con, I always bump into her. And Dave and I are, like, talking, and you'll hear, like, she just walks by, and we all three of us did a double take. So what is that, a septuple take? 
Yeah, you guys are like, at the same time, you're like, hi, Jen, hi, Jen. You both know Jen. You know Jen. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. But uh, yeah, I left it in there because it segues into some funny bits. So uh, these were a lot of fun. I loved it. So let's dive into these sideshow interviews. All right, we are here at San Diego Comic-Con 2018. I am at the Sideshow booth with my buddy Andy. He's the PR manager over here. Uh, Chewbacca is also nearby. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but uh, yeah, there's a giant Wookiee stalking around the booth. But uh, Andy, thanks for taking a couple minutes to chat with us. Good morning. My pleasure. I know that all of our listeners know that Sideshow is where it's at. You guys have the best, the most complex, the most beautiful figures that there are here. You have this shrine every year. It's this amazing booth. It's not even a booth. It's this huge floor with a giant column. I mean, it's beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. It's definitely a love letter. That's why we do this. Um, Most of the pieces here are prototypes. It's first looks. We're just all about celebrating this with with the people we love and the products that we love. Is there anything here right now that is completely new in that you've never done that sculpt or that character or maybe even that franchise before? Uh, yeah, that's a tough question. No, there's, there's on a, without exaggeration, there are 260 new products in the booth this year. On this floor, on right this floor now. Right now. What? That's like my whole Friday gone right there. All right, 260 um, so he, products. Yeah, that, that's um, uh, not only sideshow pieces, but our uh, our distribution partners. We mm-hmm. work with uh, Hot Toys, Prime One, Blitzway, Cool Props. There's a bunch of amazing companies all represented within our booth as well. Okay have Iron Studios pieces on a different scale. There's a bunch of great stuff here. Um, and it goes uh, Star Wars, Marvel, DC. I see. From here, I see Matrix. I see John yeah, Wick. John Wick in the house, representing John Wick. There's too much here. <laughs> it's, it's, we it also is have a whole nostalgia section as well. You've got everything from Bill and Ted to School of Rock. We've got Ghostbusters. There's even Cutthroat Islands and Get Zorro. Yep, My dad yep. would love that. <laughs> Dad's everywhere excited for Cutthroat Island. How cool is that? Is there anything that you've never had before, like a license or a, a character or something that you've never had before that you you slash the company are specifically psyched about this year? I think for, for me personally, what mm-hmm. I'm really excited about is Mythos, which is okay. um, we did it before in a statue line with Star Wars. Uh, our Mythos series is our opportunity to work with the licenses to do our own interpretation of characters, possibly outside of canon or between movies. Oh, how cool. Um, we've done it before with like a, um, a Mythos Obi-Wan, showing him when he first went to Tatooine, when he first I've became seen, a yes, hermit. I've seen yeah, that. It's yeah. amazing. And what, a, what a cool idea and how creatively awesome to be, I mean, for lack of a, a more oh, yeah, educated yeah. term, to be able to do that kind of stuff with your with your product. Absolutely. It's a, it's a dream come true to... To, to really get to play with these characters mm-hmm. and to have have the the permission not only the permission but the enthusiasm from the licensors to to say hey pitch us an idea let us let us play with this sure world. sure and it's um it's something that's took 20 years to happen you know we, we work really closely with these guys um mythos star wars ongoing but uh, the show today we're also showing a mythos terminator piece as well which is cool we're gonna have to go take a look at that before <laughs> this interview is over that's awesome but you know i think you guys at Sideshow should take that as a compliment because I don't think these th- these people who hold the licenses and the, the rights for these, they're not just throwing that out anywhere. Oh, they're giving right. that to you guys because you guys have earned that from years of making this, these amazing products, right? I think that's you guys have cultivated that relationship and, and that trust. Yeah, I think it's... Um it's fair to say, I'm, I'm, I certainly don't want to sound like we're bragging, but I think it's a, it's a privilege and it's something that um, has come from a long-time good working relationship. Sure. You know, we've... Uh, we become friends with these licenses. We're, we're, um, we're fans of this property. 
and they know that it's something we're going to spend two and a half years writing a love letter to one of their characters. It's mm-hmm. not it's not a fly by night process. Is that know? about how how much one of these things? Uh, how long it takes to produce one of these is two years uh, of it depend, design depends stuff? on the piece depends on the uh, the property um but yeah there's definitely a couple of pieces in the booth today that are at least two years behind the scenes before anyone in the public seen it at all that's incredible and i was talking to uh Innocente yesterday who is a writer for daredevil and we were talking about how when you put so much passion and so much of your own not just concentration but your own love not only for the character but for what you're doing I think the audience, we were talking about film and comics, I think the audience sees it, and I think for you, your consumers see that, that you guys didn't just, you know, quickly rush out this statue, quickly rush out this action figure, it was thought out, it was designed out, you know that there were revisions, you know that it was crafted from people who care about what they're doing, not just, not just the character, not just like I'm a Star Wars fan, but like I want to make the best figure there is, and I know that Sideshow, I mean... It's not debatable, I don't think, that Sideshow <laughs> is at least one of the top. I'm going to say the top, but I understand if you want to be modest. But it's got to be up there, you know? And I think that's, that's because of the workmanship that you guys have put in year after year, right? Oh, I think it's, um, it's, it's fair to say that it, it's a love letter. You know, the one thing that Sideshow does that I'm not sure many booths do is we bring all the artists here as well every year to Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. You can go up to a piece and you can talk to the guy who spent those two years sculpting it or working on the fabric or, or, or in Dave's case, being art, art director on some of these pieces. That's you know? excellent, yeah. Um, we want to have that conversation with people and share the love of it. And of course, it's a nerve-wracking experience. Um, you know, if, you've, if we've been working on this baby for two years and no one's seen it and then it's right there under a spotlight, of course we're going to be nervous with 100,000 fans coming in all at once. You're like, yeah, but you please guys, don't hate this. It's a couple but. of years now. You guys, have been, you guys have been on board with this for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Interview guys? Yeah, we're whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, of Aaron, course. This is Andy, Andy, this is Aaron. Nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you, brother. He's my co-host. All right. This podcast is Boba Fett. B-O-B-A-F-E. No, forget it. <laughs> it was funnier in my head. <laughs> so, Andy, this is my co-host, Aaron. What's going on, Good Andy? Swinging in for the assist here. Yeah. Um, we just started talking. We started talking about the craftsmanship. We've talked about oh, yeah. the booth. There are over 260 pieces at this booth right well, now. And I just swung in and I saw you and I was like, oh, there you go. Whoa, look at this. Look I at this watched look his at this attention Batman. Look go this. from the interview to everything else here. Yeah, there's, there's so much awesome stuff. I mean, we're right by this awesome Death Trooper, right by Boba Fett, like a nice Star Wars corner. When you guys get a license, something like Star Wars, like where do you even start with that? Like how do you decide what's the next toy in this line to dive into? Well, it's, um, I, I'm sure uh, Dave, when you speak to him, can talk in a lot more depth on that. Yeah. But it's definitely that old school, like, in my head, I see the, the Mission Impossible thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Dave's pulling out all these files with all these secret geniuses, and it's like, okay, I know the right guy for the job, you know? And it's, it's definitely a, um, a Mission Impossible team. Everyone's, of course, everyone wants in the building wants to be. I want to work on Boba Fett. I yeah. want to work on, sure. you know. But it's um, it's one of those great things is we have such a collaborative team. There's a lot of input from the entire staff because there's no one in the building that isn't a nerd about something. Yeah. You know, and that that input is really wonderful. I saw it recently on our new um, uh, Thor statue, the uh, Breaker of Brimstone Thor, where there's there's literally team members. Um, some of the, the people who listen to our show will be familiar with, uh, with Kitty behind the scenes. She's a massive Thor fan. Being able to bring her in and just say, okay, what are you geeking out about? What would you like to see? And, um, and that's when you start to see it at the show. You know, that people are like, I can't believe they did that head sculpt. Or I can't believe they, they did this particular nerd accessory. 
last year having a Thor with a tiny six scale Thor frog. Mm -hmm. Yes, the yes. Th the frog of thunder. Yeah. Like, come on, and it's and it's purely from a, a geek standpoint. Sure. We wanted that. That was what we wanted in our house. So that's that's why it happened. Now, you know? when you're hiring these people, who mm -hmm. you know are fans, who you know are nerds. Yep. During the interview process, do you guys like throw out questions to see, like, you're like, how many parsecs does it take to get <laughs> a castle run? Definitely. You, know, like, you, have, <laughs> you have to kill a princess, save a dragon. It's all, uh, it's <laughs> okay. all essential. I could work that. I feel like I got this. I could do that. <laughs> but no, definitely, my my personal interview process was um, was hours and hours long of different people uh, quizzing me on nerd stuff, but also just geeking out. Sure. Uh, it went very quickly from feeling like an interview to just hanging out with friends and talking about toys. Um, and a deep dive always, but we're also very aware that fandom is personal. You know, I'm, I might not be the, the, the expert that you need for um, every type of Spider-Man costume. Someone in the building is, yeah. but everyone's got their one thing that they geek about. I mean, I, um, I'm sure both me and Dave can talk to you about John Wick for about 10 hours straight. Um, but then there's, there's other people here, or you can talk about the minutiae of a Chewbacca right here in his sure. costume. And I, I kind of love that. You can do a page all in the building mm -hmm. and be like, okay, we need a Daredevil fan stat. <laughs> you know? and I Dude, I'd be pushing people. I'm there. Daredevil specifically. And he shows up. He's like, Daredevil. And you're like, no, you got to settle this bet right now. And you're like, yeah. I thought it was work. And they're like, this is work. Every time, dude, it's like a Star Trek battle. Yeah. You know, you got to you got to fight for the right to, to play with these characters. That is so great. Oh, and what a soundbite there, man. I like that. Gotta fight I sound like a right. jerk. And oh. let me, I'm sorry, there was a luchador in the background, and I went all macho for a second. <laughs> yeah, just in case. I actually felt very safe. I was worried when I saw that guy, because he was a big fellow, but Andy, big Andy had our back. No, it's just my voice. Just my convention voice is macho. <laughs> Rest of me, big dork. As far as, as what you guys make, let's say, per year, mm -hmm. is there any specific franchise or character or even scale that is like a bestseller, something that the fans seem to really be craving at any given point? Well, I think one thing um, uh, you need to take into consideration is that everything we make is limited edition, right? So you know that you're going to sell out of, sure. of a Darth Vader. You're going to sell out of an R2-D2. And we always want to offer the fans an opportunity to have that character in their collection. Mm -hmm. So as well as trying to do brand new pieces, things nobody's ever seen before, we're always trying to look at a new interpretation of a most popular character. Sure, sure. You know, so um, a good example at the booth is we have a, um, a Luke Skywalker statue, which is really, I, th I think, unlike any other Luke Skywalker statue out there. And like, how tough is that? Dude, sure. Right? Yeah. Why is it unlike, we, a quick aside, why is it unlike any other? Because okay. now, so now it, I'm interested. You can, this is even you for can the show. see the piece over there. We can show you later. But basically, um, it's not a heroic Luke. It's not Luke as a hero. It's Luke as a scared dude. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's him at his lowest point in his life. So the sculptors are trying to capture this moment where he's like he's failed to lift that X-wing. He's doubting the Force. He's left his training early because he thinks his friends are going to die. He's scared and afraid and alone. And we wanted okay, turn around. There's Vader, dude. Get over it. And, <laughs> and, it's, and it's him at this turning point in his life. He's literally the the pose he's turning. He's facing something that's scaring him. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, it's such a wonderful character piece, and it's something different. It's showing the, the hero's journey rather than the hero's finale, you know? Yeah, sure. This is a dude who, who went through a lot in those movies, and it's fun to capture that in a figure. Or as our wives would say, wind a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> we did an episode where our wives recapped Empire. Uh-huh. 
They were like, Luke just whines a lot. We're like, no, he's a guy. He's going through a lot. This is a big problem. No, this sculpt, I'm looking at it right now, and it is like that moment in Cloud City when he sees Darth Vader yep. and has that, uh-oh, what's about to happen? We all know, but it's 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 a really cool sculpt. And like you said, you get to bring this new character, a, a, a new character, even though you've done how many Lukes? You know, tons of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. But People, because it's a limited series, it, you you have to come come up with something new, come up with something fresh every time. What character has surprised you recently? You know, like you mentioned the Luke. What character surprised you that it's like, oh man, they came up with something new for that? Oh, um, oh boy, there's so many. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to begin. I think from again, me personally, everyone's yeah. going to have their own thing. The legendary scale Spider-Man that we just did is is one where I, I I I'm still kind of in shock that we even did it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a much larger piece. It's a museum-style piece, but it has a fully tailored suit. Wow. Which, as far as I'm aware, and um, I'm sure fans can correct me if I'm wrong, but on, I don't know anyone who's ever done a head-to-toe, fully tailored Spidey suit to a specific pose. That's all cut and sew. That's all fabric. Wow. And right to the fingertips. Sure. And there's so much detail on that suit. Um, when you first look at it, it looks like iconic, classic Spidey. Sure. Get up close and look at that, see the textures and the details that went into it. And one little trick, which I don't think many people realize at the show today, is all the shadows on that suit are printed onto Whoa. the fabric. Oh, how so awesome he looks is that? Spotlit, but your piece is always going to look spotlit. However you display it, it's always going to look immaculate. How, what a great idea. So all the musculature has shadows underneath it. And then you think about the nightmare of trying to get a fitted suit to line up with sure. the muscles underneath that suit. Yeah. Because we don't glue that to the body. That's tailored to the body. Like, it's insane. That's it's probably the biggest so challenge cool. in cut and sew that I've seen in the time I've I been can only imagine. Could you, do you know off the top of your head what that, that run was? Uh, th right now, it's just the prototype. So um, <sighs> we're still to be determined how many we're going to make. Yeah. But I know the prototype <laughs> yeah, the was two just years. like four. I'll do four. Like, I'm just doing the one. We're going to sell it for $20,000. Oh, my gosh. But no, that, that right now there's just one, and it's here at the booth. And if you get a chance to see it, it's we got to get insane. a picture. Yeah, we're going to have to walk around. Yeah, do, we have to. Do a, a bunch of stuff. I should point out as well that our seamstress is a massive burly gentleman with giant sausage fingers. Love it. I don't know how that he does That makes it these, even better. I don't know how he does these <laughs> genteel little things. Shout out to oh, Tim Hansen. I was going to say shout out massive, to Sausage Finger. Massive man mountain. He's a burning <laughs> hunk of funk. He's incredible. And sewing up Spider-Man's with the shadows built in. That's amazing. <laughs> so since you mentioned a $20,000, you know, and I know you just threw that out there. Yeah, I did. But what is the most, like, premium figure here today? What is the most, the biggest price tag on one of these bad boys? I don't even know. What do you think, Dave? Death Trooper, life-size Death Trooper right there. We are literally standing in front of a Death Trooper. It is uh, pretty intimidating. I feel like I could take it, but by take it, I don't mean take it in a fight. I mean physically lift I it and run. I think I'm faster than you guys. But I'm not sure. Yeah, no, that's, it's yeah. a big, it got an $8,000 pri price tag on the bottom. Death Trooper, it's yeah. got a really nice little display, not little, but display base. Damn. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, screen accurate, life-size Death Trooper right there. The details on this, like, you look at it, and it's hard to believe that they didn't just run this guy through some sort of battle to get this detail. <laughs> I mean, the tip of his gun has, like, ionization yep. from the laser blast. And, like, just seeing that kind of detail and, like, the scrapes on his pouches and the dust, like, it looks like he's been out in a battle I on a moon somewhere. I can see in the look in Andy's face that that's not in the sculpt. That was like they were dinging it, bringing it in. And they were like, oh, <laughs> shit, oh, no. Damn <laughs> it. my coffee on the tip of that gun. Don't worry, it's ionization. It's all good. No, no, th th that's one of the things I've been really enjoying with the new movies. 
they're really playing with the idea of the the firearms and the way that that stuff works. Yeah. Showing anodi uh, anodization from the heat. Mm -hmm. um, showing reloads. I don't think I ever spotted something yeah. being reloaded before. Yeah. That's, that's pretty bad. I love the. Well, did you see Solo? Mm -hmm. The battle scene in Solo was like kind of Saving Private Ryan esque, and it's the first time you ever saw a stormtrooper in a battle that looked like a battle. Like yeah. nothing against the original trilogy. I love it, but like that looked like a battle with stormtroopers. I thought that was a really cool scene. Yeah, I'm, I'm like deep dive nerding all about even the even the very latest movie, you know, Last Jedi, the way that they handled their blaster fire and range. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Suddenly right now everything is finite, <laughs> and I love that. They had that fight in Snoke's throne room, and it's like we saw all these new weapons, and that yep. was such a great moment. We're just like, what does that thing do? It's got a whip. What is this sword thing? Like that was so great that we're getting some expansion on the universe as far as weapons go, and just like get like Rumi said, seeing what a war is like to see the war part of Star Wars. Yeah, and it's it's expanding on from, I mean, I think it's fair to say everyone at Sideshow is obsessed with Clone Wars. Yeah, sure. You know, and uh, we, we did a lot of Clone Wars pieces back in the day. Mm -hmm. And that side, of, that side of the universe is exciting, you know? And with our Mythos stuff, we're starting to show, like, more of these battle-worn, weathered characters. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're going through a lot, especially characters that are supposed to be set in the Outer Rim. You know, that's the Wild West. Yeah, you know, sure. It's fun Outer to Rim, there's a nerd reference right there. I know our fans will listen, but that's the kind of stuff that you better be saying in interviews to be like, excuse me, the Outer Rim? Is that the, <laughs> the outermost section of the statue? You're like, no, nah, thank you for stopping in. We'll uh, give you a call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's ask this. We talked about the, the Death Trooper, which mm -hmm. is like the high end. That's if you got some bank. What about the budgetary conscious sideshow fan? What do you guys have in that range of like, well, it still is, you know, the same sideshow quality, but maybe on a smaller scale or slightly less complicated that won't I, hurt the, the wallet I as much. I would say definitely check out uh, a lot of the stuff that Iron Studios is doing right now. We mm -hmm. have a big display of their pieces in the booth. They're really, really awesome, like incredibly good portrait stuff. Like I'm freaking out myself. There's some pieces I hadn't seen before, uh, but they're a smaller scale. They're a little bit more manageable as like one tenth scale pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're, they're set up with proximity bases or actually interlocking bases. Oh. So you can set up whole whole battle scenes. What's That's the awesome. scale for those? Uh, one tenth. Tenth. Okay, yeah. So, okay, that makes sense. Wow. And there's a display around there that just uh, just kicked me right in the childhood. They have, <laughs> the, they have the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon oh. stuff right there. Oh, wow. Nice. Oh, my God. So good. So That's good. incredible. Just a just a sucker punch in Does the nostalgia. Does that come in like sure. one of the old D and D boxes? Like the I haven't even seen the packaging for it boxes. Yet. Oh. Wow! You know how so great good. would that be? But they have the all the figures are sold separately, but they yeah. interlock together to do Ooh. this going up some steps with a well, and there's like this uni and all the characters. That's I, so cool. It just melted my brain. So I got a question. I assume you have a pretty impressive collection yourself. I'm working on it. It's right now. It's pretty basic compared to some of our other guys, but I'm working well, of course, on it. Yeah. Don't you get a discount? Of course. <laughs> get this death trooper. I'll go have these with you. How much did you bring? <laughs> Which well, half do I get? Yeah. I I <laughs> we got to figure that out, Millhouse and Bart style. Or do we have to do a weekend custody situation? Where do you live? I, I, I live in Thousand Oaks, so we might have. A We're, I'm actually very close. No oh, problem. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll do, do week by weekend. Then. <laughs> we'll do that. It's my weekend for the death trooper, dude. <laughs> the scratch wasn't here when I gave it to you. <laughs> Don't worry, it's ionization. Did you give him ice cream? <laughs> 
I know you've been cuddling with my death trooper, Andy. I will turn this car around, so help me. But the continuation of that question was, what is your prize piece other than your new death trooper? My personal prize piece? Yeah, yeah what is current, your personal um, like, prize piece? It might not even be mm, one from here. It's a, it's Don't worry, we won't tell. Show. I have two. I have uh-huh. one at home and one in the office. Okay. Right? Which is, yeah, this, every question's going to be a deep dive. That's, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. That's so what at we're here home, for. It's a, um, it's a creature from the Black Lagoon uh, premium format Red. from back in the day. So cool. Uh, huge piece, like swimming through all the all the underwater scenery and stuff. That's that's my, was a holy grail piece for me. That is so awesome. Um, and then in the, the office is my is my office mate, Greedo. I have a life-size Greedo head. Nice. And, uh, oh, how cool. And he's my favorite thing that's in the so whole cool. world. That's so cool. Well, we're huge fans of the Universal Monsters, and I, I actually know the one you're talking about as he's swimming through all mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. lake gunk, and that's such a cool piece. That's awesome that you had that. I'm hoping we'll show at some point. We, uh, we're we expanding our studios at Sideshow. There's a, yeah. lot, a lot more going on behind the scenes, uh, and we, we built a display of all of our original Universal Monsters licensed stuff Ooh. just oh. in-house, showing the like the history of where we came from. Because Sideshow started, that was our first license, was Universal Monsters. Right, right. We, right. Were, we yeah. remember, right? Like, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. I know so what you're talking about. Everything from the I little bobble windows with that, yeah. all the way up to our premium format. That's right. Uh, there's a huge display uh, surrounded by Alex Ross' art of his Universal Ooh. Monsters line that he just did. And I was did. just going to say that, and I don't want to get too far away from Sideshow, but I feel like the Universal Monsters specifically are kind of having a resurgence. Mm-hmm. We recently did an epi- episode specifically about those legacy monsters that kind of yeah. started off at least the creature you know, the creature type of horror movie. And I was literally going to say, from where we are, we can see the Alex Ross booth. And mm-hmm. we, I was over there before, and I know last year or two, they've had some beautiful Universal Monster stuff. I kind of feel like that stuff is kind of in the upswing. I agree. You know, as, agree. as far as fan interest is concerned, which, like, people like us, we're horror hounds, man. Like, that, that, that's exciting. I love Star Wars more than the next guy, but I also love horror. And, like, I feel like we've seen a lot more creatures and Frank I mean it's Frankenstein's anniversary this year yeah. right so that's like a big deal but like all those those old school monsters are coming back which is great yeah and I mean we it's a it's a cheesy little soundbite but I always do it because I'm a nerd do it but that, like I, I, Sideshow's definitely it's roots are soaked in blood I always say that awesome and it's <laughs> amazing horror was where we began you know we used to table with Bernie Wrightson when we first oh, started oh man you know there's there's model kits we did with Bernie Wrightson the horror pieces because you and, did the Bernie Wrightson Frankenstein yeah. model which yeah. was and still now amazing. to this day, there's always horror in our lineup. Uh, the Court of the Dead, our own our own uh, license, we get to really explore horror fantasy stuff. But we're also always trying to look at like a horror fantasy twist. Yeah. So from uh, you know the Ninja Turtles that we did, the hyper realistic, creepy Ninja Turtles, yeah. <laughs> all the way through to the the new like if you if you're an old school uh, cartoon fan. Check out our new Orco from Masters of the Universe. <laughs> uh, right before we started the interview, an right? Orco cosplayer walked by and we, Andy like, was sure dude. to grab him to point to point him towards the uh, it's Orco statue. It's such a statue. cool idea because we did like this horror fantasy He-Man line, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's more like a epic swords and sandals style version of these characters, which yeah. we love. And then um, Matt Black, give, got to give that guy a shout out. He did basically Orco as if his magic worked. It's like Orko awesome. is the most badass. That's great. And it's such a cool piece. It's with, that's in collaboration with Tweeterhead. We have it in the booth right now. And that's that's another one where you're just like, wow, I never realized like Orko can kick ass. Yeah. Like, this is cool, you know? Make sure you check out 
pictures. We're going to put them up. Of all the stuff we're talking about, we'll put them up on our website. We'll put up, put them up on our social media. Yeah, we'll be taking lots of For those of, of you who today. didn't come or those of you who weren't able to look at all 260 pieces, <laughs> we're going to have a ton of photos for you guys. This is insane. I'm, I'm already it's, like... It's very hard to maintain the eye contact. Yeah, because you're like, what is that? Look at this. Who is that? It's not just because of my con voice. No, I'm no. not intimidating <laughs> in the slightest. No, there's so many people here uh, and so much stuff. It's kind of it is kind of overwhelming. There's there's just people everywhere. And this is right Friday now. morning. It's only going to get busier today, and then especially tomorrow, it's yeah. going to be ridiculous. This guy's moving in. Look, <laughs> I have the luggage guy come and carry his <laughs> stuff upstairs. <laughs> That's hysterical, man. No, we have deliberately have all our DC pieces facing DC. We work with those guys. They're um, DC collectibles. We actually distribute now. Uh, we're really good friends mm -hmm. with them. So there's. We don't do rivalry. That's not our style. No, yeah. I mean, Sideshow no. are just total hippies. Honestly, we <laughs> love this stuff so much. It's a, honestly just a chance to geek out. And yeah, yeah Sideshow.com. If you go to the website, check out what's new on the website. You'll see photographs of everything that's at the booth. Um, and that's been updated daily because we're not done yet. We've got more secret stuff to drop. Any any hints you can you can lay on us from the secret stuff? Uh, no. <laughs> he just mouthed. I'm no, trying to think of something witty to say, but no. <laughs> no, they would destroy me. Uh, yeah, every such Blink once if it's Star Wars. <laughs> blink twice if it's Marvel. Okay, you can't see it. Andy is awkwardly trying not to blink. <laughs> His eyes are wide <laughs> open. And that concludes this creepy-ass interview. That went bad fast. <laughs> Well, Andy, thank you so much, man. We're going to take pleasure. a walk around now. We're going to interview uh, our buddy Dave from Sideshow as well, but we're going to walk around and check out some of the stuff first. But thank you very much for taking the time being on My Launchpad pleasure. Podcast, man. Awesome. All Thanks, right, man. have a great con. All right, welcome to Launchpad Podcast, man. We are here at Comic-Con San Diego. We're at the Sideshow booth. We've already done a couple really sweet interviews, but we got Dave with us. Dave, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Dave Igo, and I'm uh, I'm an art director here at Sideshow. Oh, yeah. man, I'm so pumped because they said you were the guy who was such a pure fan working at Sideshow. <laughs> How awesome is it to be at Sideshow getting to like just, just play with all these awesome toys? It's not just playing with toys, too. It's like the different licenses we have. I mean, one day I can work on Darth Vader, Batman, and Wolverine, and that's rare in at a lot of companies. Day. Yeah, one day you can work on like all these different licenses and a Ninja Turtle. You're like, oh, cool, whatever. My, li my life is made. This is great. Not, so I'm not stuck cool. with just Star Wars or just Marvel or just DC, and they're all awesome. I mean, like every day there's a mixed bag of everything. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he'll put up posts We're real life about friends work. Too. That's true. That's true. We're real but I, on Facebook, you I get to visually see the things that you're working on, and you'll put up like these pictures of these statues, and they're work posts. It's not like like when me and Rumi put up pictures of toys and shit that we have. It's because we're nerds and bought them. But Dave's like. Another day at the office, Wolverine statue, bitching <laughs> <laughs> Darth Vader, Boba Fett yeah. stuff. And I'm like, you do that for work. <laughs> I get paid to hang out and say, that looks awesome. That's awesome. Would you tell <laughs> us like a little bit specifically about like what you do at Sideshow? Yeah, so I started there eight, actually nine years ago next month. I actually wow. got my- yeah, Happy anniversary. Like ran, yeah, it was kind of like at Comic-Con where I ran into a mutual friend that was a sculptor at Sideshow. And they told me they were looking for a concept artist and had a couple of interviews and started not too soon after that. And uh, so I started as a concept artist nine years ago, and I've still been involved with the design process ever since. But over time, I became like designer, design manager, now art director. So I work with the design team and the development team, which basically works on the prototype. Okay. And make sure that's producible for the production team that oversees manufacturing, basically. Mm -hmm. So I'm responsible, along with a couple other art directors, 
for making sure the prototypes look as good as they can with the right people, and then that they're actually producible and can get into collectors' hands without being broken or a million yeah. pieces or cost ten thousand dollars if they're supposed to cost four hundred dollars. Sure, so, sure, sure. So that leads me to my first crazy out of the box question. <laughs> I love Has it. there ever been a prototype that you had? This is so cool, and then when it got to production, something happened and it couldn't go the way you had wanted it to yeah, for whatever reason. Yeah, there's always sometimes there are, like we we call them compromises because yeah. you just, you got to you got to change something and you don't sometimes you don't see the forest through the trees, right? Yeah. Or is that the right sound? Or the trees yeah. through the forest? No, you're right. I don't, whatever that one is. I don't you don't see the what it the, means, the, the water. You don't the see trees. the drops through the ocean. Sure. Whatever. You know? I can't see water. <laughs> I can't see. I'm water blind. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and you just realize like. This, this worked for what we thought was going to work, and then you found out like a material material isn't available, a certain paint technique isn't possible, or whatever. Yeah. And those are learning experiences you always try and grow from and apply to the next piece. So the next exactly. time you're like, hey, with Dark Phoenix, we had an issue with her base because she had this big Firebird thing. We never made the Firebird wings removable. So if like one tip was chipped, they had to replace the entire base oh. and lower half the figure. I see. And now we're like, hey, with like the Aspen figure, it's a great place where a great piece where we learned from what we did on Dark Phoenix. We applied it to the Aspen figure, so the water, the water that sh that's swirling around here, each piece comes out. So, if it comes damaged, they have to replace a whole lot of it. They only have to replace some of it. So I see that that makes a lot of sense. And I think for visual effects and practical effects, yeah. there's a lot of that type of thing too. Yeah. Where, like you said, far through the trees or whatever that expression is. Yeah. Like you're designing something, you're like, great. Like I was just telling someone the other day, I know somebody who made this big parade-like float. It was huge, and this huge warehouse, and it was giant, and they never once thought how they would drive it out. Yeah, <laughs> and like the garage door was too short, and they couldn't do it. And it's like, what do you do in that situation? And you're like, I guess that's if you're smart, or just if you're not stupid, that's a mistake you make once, right? <laughs> yeah, like you hopefully. make that mistake once, and that is it. You shouldn't make it once, but if yeah. you do, you got to learn from that shit, right? Yeah, and sometimes, unfortunately, when we when we you know we have a learning experience, sometimes you can't apply it till the next figure is just starting, and sometimes you already have two others that are already like near final sure. prototype finish, and you're like, well, now we have to react, right? You know. Yeah. Since you work in this industry, do you find yourself also being a collector? You're like, no, I don't even do that. That's I was. I never <laughs> thought I would work in this industry. I didn't really think of it as an industry. I always thought it was like a fantasy because I collected McFarlane toys when I was a kid. Yeah. I had every single Spawn, like, version, green eye, blue eye, mask, unmasked, different <laughs> card back on my wall. I would buy another version and take out and display. I was a huge, like, and those to me weren't even action figures. They were like Pose mini statues. Yeah. Sure, animal. sure. I always loved it, but I went to school for animation. So I never really thought about getting into collectibles like really that wasn't the forefront of my like my goal yeah but then it happened it was comic-con my previous employer like came by and i met a guy and i was drawing he's like oh you draw i'm like yeah and he's like do you want to work in statues i'm like heck yeah i didn't, I didn't even think that was a thing yeah i guess <laughs> it makes sense someone has to do it and so i kind of fell into the industry in a That's weird amazing. way oh, i want to be cool, an animator though. yeah I love it. In animation, a lot of what I studied for animation applies is pose, attitude, yeah. expression, telling a story. All that applies to the statue stuff. So yeah. That's awesome. And I already know the answer to this question, but would you tell us what is something that you've worked on that you are super proud of here I, at Sideshow? I'm I'm an 80s kid, so when they gave me the opportunity to work on like Ninja Turtles, Masters Universe, and Voltron, I was like losing my mind. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. like, oh my God. And it wasn't even just like, Make make a replica from the cartoon show because that wouldn't really work with like our our collector base. Sure, it was gonna like bring a little extra level of like 
realism, depth, detail, kind of like what would we do if we could make a movie, or what would we do? That if we Skeletor made a video game? is so sick. He's Thanks, so man. That was, badass, that was a labor of love between a lot of different designers, a couple different sculptors worked on it, a lot of everyone basically. I like mean, the is, whole series is amazing, but that Skeletor to me stands out because Thanks, man. it made him scary as hell. Yeah, scary as hell. Sure, and he's a great character because, like, when you look at the cartoon, he's like he's goofy and he's not really yeah. like you're, you're not afraid of him or anything. But all the the greatest villainy design tropes are there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like he's got a purple hood. He's got a yellow skeleton face. His yeah. jaw isn't even attached to his fucking face. <laughs> you know? The color scheme is awesome. He's barely wearing any clothes except some yeah, bones yeah. and some tatters. Like you could really go places with that. That's, oh yeah. Uh, it was great. We took inspiration from all the different versions of him over the years from mm -hmm. the classic cartoon, classic comic to the 2002 show and all the other things have been done, other fan art. We worked with Stepan Sevic who's an amazing artist and he did his own like concept art for these things that we're like we have to work with Stefan and he mm -hmm. helped us like kind of like jumpstart this line and he showed my boss Tom kind of had a resentment towards Master Universe because when he was a teenager that's when all the toys were in Toys R Us and he worked at Toys R Us so he kind of like hated dealing with the kids when he was a teenager uh. so he had a secret hatred for that stuff in a, in a funny a kind of a, yeah yeah do you have you know, you're out of this guy he's like oh, stupid kids you know so he, he kind of like always hated it and he, he might be totally mad at me for saying this but then it was cool like when Stefan worked on this first piece of concept art to show He-Man and Skeletor, and I showed it to Tom. Tom. Tom said, I never thought you could make these characters cool, and you made them awesome. Yeah. And yeah. that was really rewarding. And not you, me, but like you, like the, sure. the, team, the team, Steppen specifically, really helped set the language for all that. And That's it's so great. Cool. And then we applied it to She-Ra, Evil Lynn. We're working with uh, Chad at Tweeterhead, and you know he helped develop Orko, and hopefully we'll have another piece coming out after Orko. And then we applied that to Thundercats and the Ninja Turtles, everything. Ninja Turtles were a great one, too. Like, yeah. the thing I had a, a strong passion with Ninja Turtles is I've always wanted... There's so many different versions of Ninja Turtles over the years. Right, right. I just really want to do our own take. I got to work with my friend Dan Catcher, who's an amazing designer and sculptor, and he actually worked at McFarlane. So it's kind of like yeah. my friend that I met that used to work at McFarlane, and he designs and sculpts the dragons for Game of Thrones. That's so having so the guy cool. who knows the dragon guy from Game of Thrones who knows creature and human anatomy making his own Ninja Turtle and working with him on that right. was like amazing that's wow. so Super, cool yeah. how awesome is yeah. that like that i mean jealous like I'm, I'm pretty jealous we work with just some of the best artists internally staff freelancers whatever you know i, I was just walking down the aisle the other day and joe Madureira, who's like one of my favorite artists from like comic books ever i'm like i just was able to approach him like i want to work with you let's figure something out and i don't know if that's going to happen but who knows this is sure. cool. you can like walk up to him and like let's figure something out the fact you know? that you're in that position to just go to these artists that you admire and be like hey what do you want to design bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. you know it's just Spoiled. like yeah like that's so cool i mean that's amazing so knowing that you're a spawn fan i mean i i too oh, was yeah. a huge spawn fan all those toys are you a uh fan of the hamburger face or are you a mask fan like what is i think hamburger face can, are we high-fiving we're you gonna say mask no i'm mask yeah mask fan for sure yeah, uh, I, I think, uh, yeah high so five over mask i think so real quick though the hamburger face started really weird and then got cooler later agreed yeah i agree and i think there's cool ways to interpret but i just never like like when he's unmasked, he's in a costume, then you just have this like totally contrasting visual plopped on top of the neck. If it was integrated more into the costume, kind of like Curse of Spawn, I thought yeah. it was actually a really cool yes, visual. I yeah. agree with that. I thought I that was like, agree with you, that. that's melding the two together. So I agree with that. I'm all just, over the place with that. I've answer. always been a superhero mask on. Like, yeah. like that's why the, mo the, mo the especially the Marvel, but like the movies are so hard because as a movie, you want your, your audience to see your actor. Yeah. But like, I'm not watching it. Yeah, but Robert if I Downey have Jr. to have a mask face. off, I'd rather have a hamburger face than any sort of <laughs> stupid. That is the roomiest fucking way. Stupid to Batman that with thought. the mask off. He's just some dude. Boring. That's true. 
That's true. And there have been some cool, inst- like you said, there, especially later, there's some cool instances, but I've like, always been a, a Like, do you want a burnt face Darth Vader? Do you want him to look like a regular regular face boy? Like, He's no, such, come on. Swan is such an amazing character to try to interpret in three dimensions because so many amazing artists have done it on the book. I mean, we've mentioned... Spawn and Curse of Spawn, those are two different books, but there's been, I don't know, what, five, six artists on the original Spawn title? Then you have Ashley Wood did Hell Spawn. That was fucking yeah. an amazing yeah. take on yeah. that. Um, Curse of Spawn, I don't know who the artist was there. You know who the artist was? There's a, a handful. Like, a couple, I, right? Yeah, they there's a handful like too. Issues. I mean, my, when I think of Spawn, I always go to Greg Capullo. Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Todd McFarlane started, but Greg was like, and he's my biggest inspiration as an artist, actually. He's mm-hmm. one of, like, easily, if not number one, Tied with a guy I can't even think of at right now, but that's why I'd put him at the top. But okay. like he brought energy to like everything. And so mm-hmm. when I think of Spawn, I just go to Greg. That's yeah. awesome. Go to Greg. And it's like, you know, just he's the best. So. It is. And he did a great job too of like a lot of times when you when you read a title over a long period of time, we're getting way off topic here, but when you when you read and you see different artists, a different artist interpretation could be so different from the first artist that it's like way different. And then you get this the Hi Jen. We both know Jen. Yeah. It's awesome. She named our spider. We had a spider. <laughs> Sorry. Random. We are even way further off the topic. So how do you feel about spiders? What Kill them or set them free. We weren't even kidding. supposed to be talking about Spawn. Kill spiders. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man, you have no voice in this. You, you can't. You don't even have your mask on. Mask off Spider-Man. That's right. I have Peter Parker never now. had a beard. He'd be better. nothing to lose. He'd be better if he had a hamburger face. <laughs> Oh my God! I wish I this got wish really weird just show. now. Like, I bam, loved bam, it. Bam. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who wrote this episode of this TV show that we're not filming, but it's oh perfect. my God! Um, all right, let's get, let's get back to some sideshow stuff here. Okay, you have a collection of stuff, right? Yeah. Why do you think people like you, like me, like him, people that like nerd stuff, people that like to geek out over stuff, why do you think we collect whatever it might be—statues, toys, comics, pogs? Why do we collect? Things. We have a big hole in our lives. We try to endlessly fill it with something. Because <laughs> we were, no, I'm kidding. I was going to say, I tried love, it can but I never was like, be, no, I didn't. can never be filled. can never be filled. So we keep shoving it full of toys. Because girls don't never like really us, happy. we can't get yeah, love. We can't. So we're just like, well, maybe I buy Ninja Turtles instead. I don't need girls. There's four turtles. <laughs> something for me personally as like an artist, I love being surrounded by my inspiration. Yeah, so sure, it's yeah. it's hard like it's hard for me to understand exactly why other than like people love the subject matter which is like kind of you know easy to get that general idea. Yeah, yeah. But I think for a lot of artists that collect as well like it's just their inspiration what they what inspired them to become what they are doing or want to do or something like that. Yeah. So even if you're not an artist maybe it inspires you to want to be a filmmaker, want to be, you know, working like video games or anything else like that or again it's just surrounding yourself with what you love. You know? I think that makes I, sense. What do you What do you think, Rooms? Oh, I think it's because if you don't buy it, you feel like you're a bad fan, so yeah. you're betraying your fandom <laughs> if you aren't buying. Is like, that true? Do you really feel that way? Sometimes I'm like, shit, this Death Trooper's here, and if I don't get him, I'm not a fan of Death Trooper. You're a so. sucker for commercials. <laughs> That's, there's entire people's careers are modeled after your stupid feelings. <laughs> I think there's definitely some people that like want to be in the cool kids club of like, oh, mm-hmm. there's this one really cool thing. Like, It's funny because I've seen people act this way online when we post. I'm like, eh, it's not that good. I'm not going to get it. And then we go up like a really limited, small edition size, and it sells out real quick. Then everyone's like, "Oh, oh I, I right, want it yeah. in," you know. And it's it's that that's fine, you know, if that's what you want to do. But I, I always appreciate when people like have a passion for that subject for what it is, and then they don't just want to like, "Oh, what do we have? A reveal of a is that? Oh, oh look at that! Who's that? Is that a Gamorrean guard? Mike, Mike Conklin." 
This is Gaborian Guard. So yeah, we are <laughs> watching an unveiling of a Lando, Lando in Jabba's palace disguise. And this is a... Oh. I'm going to go ahead and just call it an exclusive. Yeah, you guys heard it here first, except this is going to re- be released like a week later. So. Hurry, post on social. Post on social. That's Kevin Ellis, our project manager, putting it together. He oh, runs shit. pretty much all the six scale stuff, and he's a super oh, Star Wars nerd, like in a good way. Is there a bad way? Yeah, there could be a bad way, you know? I think the bad way is when you argue about Darth Vader, A New Hope's costume being better than Empire because you like the <laughs> thing going over the pauldron the the versus, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the direction of the glove lines. It's like, <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. I agree. Stop I agree it. with that. I love nerds, but did you see the, t- the TV show, the Netflix show, The Toys That Made Us? Oh, yes, dude. Love they, it, they love it, love it, love it. They featured the, uh, some of the stuff that you guys did on there, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, uh, we, the, I think some of our products appeared in the background, but we mm. haven't been on that show yet. Okay. And, uh, you know, maybe one day it's kind of like makes sense, you know, like it's kind of, they've been covering a lot of classic stuff. When you think of like a lot of modern stuff, I think of like, again, McFarlane. Yeah. Or well, there's Boy. only eight episodes up right now. So like, yeah. I mean, they have a ton of stuff to cover. Yeah. Yeah. The first episode was the Star Wars episode. They had a sociology teacher, a sociologist on, and he said something really interesting that I thought, or I thought it was really interesting about collecting. And it was that a lot of people that collect, collect things that can't really exist, like sci-fi, yeah. horror, you know what I mean? Those are two of the biggest, if not the biggest collection genres. Yeah. And those are things that can't, they're not real. You can't collect Han Solo. He's not, I mean, you can't yeah. actually have him. Yeah. Even if you met Harrison Ford, he's not Han Solo. So You he could said, kidnap him, put him in a costume, and lock him in your but basement. But even that, right, is still, <laughs> you, you could cosplay the motherfucker out of uh, uh, Harrison Ford. But he was saying that we love that stuff so much, and as humans, you want to have the things that mean something to you, but you can't have on Solo, you can't have yeah. the Millennium Falcon. You can't even have yeah. a piece of a real Millennium Falcon, so you get as close as you can. I thought that was a really, really interesting thing, and he said it's a really human thing. And, you know, if you think about it, everyone does feel like that. Everyone wants things that they like, right? And like you said, you're an artist. You like, you like it to be around you for inspiration, right? I think I, I collect stuff out of love for the thing. Like, I love it so much, I want to be as close to it as I can. Yeah. yeah. Like, some of my stuff, that's why I sleep with most of my stuff, but. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. It gets weird sometimes, but, you know, yeah. Your wife's like, can Only we move, my the, wife. Yeah. Yeah, can, can we move this Millennium Falcon out of the way? You're like, yeah, yeah. no, I'm not just, even an inch. Uh, watch the show, babe. I'm expressing my love. <laughs> what was your favorite Spawn piece? Oh, my oh. favorite Spawn piece? That'd yeah. be a hard That'd one. Be hard, uh, right? I always, one of my favorite that came out of nowhere was a Spawn 4 figure where you have like gun, like a lot of guns. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't because was he had the commando guns. looking one with the bandana. Yeah, that was, yeah, so that cool. was, because that to me was like, that was modern Spawn finally done well. They didn't feel like, a, uh, like overly posed or not posed enough. Or sure, kind of like sure. where McFarlane really found like that edgier look, that hyper realism. Mm-hmm. That was the one I'm like, dang, that's yeah. Spawn. That like, was yeah. Spawn. That's my favorite Spawn Spawn, but I, I love the uh, when the Dragons line came out, like, yeah. like the Elder Dragon, yeah. which my buddy Dan like designed and sculpted that Elder Dragon. So it's cool seeing him come back and do Game of Thrones. But like that's crazy. That really got me back into McFarlane. That tells you some guy who worked for Game of Thrones like, let's get that guy who did those McFarlane dragons. Yeah. yeah. Right. Did you? I like you Mandarin pe- Spawn. Sorry, Mandarin, Mandarin Spawn was awesome too. That's that's actually that was. Damn cool, man! I, I was huge into anime. I still love a lot of anime. So Manga Spawn was actually Manga like Spawn. Manga really cool. Yeah. I like the His newer figures. His hamburger face had really big eyes. No, he didn't. <laughs> I'm imagining that right now. 
I like the the they do like the cover homage series where it's like you know oh, it, yeah. it, it looks like yeah. the cover. I thought those were really cool. And there's like I mean any one of those is super yeah. super awesome. Yeah. Do you prefer Spawn from issues like one to twenty something before he got the change, or you, you like the big foot? I like thirty the issue thirty two and later or yeah. whatever that was. I think I think it was issue thirty two was like yeah. the reveal of that new costume. Yeah. Yeah. The big, the, the big foot, the yeah. big gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. Everything got a little bit more like bigger and organic and edgier you know before it was a little bit more tailored sure yeah. this became a little more start blending more of the monster in there so i dug it so you work at sideshow so i assume yeah. you have a big sideshow collection yeah what's your favorite sideshow piece that you have bias because i worked on it but oh, also bad. because i was like a huge fan of it and like i never thought we'd make it but the voltron maquette we made is oh. one of my favorite pieces we've ever made ever will make potentially like it's hard for it to top because it was like it was a passion piece as an 80s kid it was our own redesign. It was like it, it was weird too with timing with a lot of stuff too because it was revealed at WonderCon when they announced the Netflix cartoon show, which wow. we didn't know they were making. Right. So it was like a weird coincidence. You didn't know that? that no, that was not happening. at the time, yeah. Damn. It was kind of like that was announced then. It was like boom because it was like separate from like who you were dealing with. So that was pretty awesome like having all that happen at the same time. And that new show, Voltron show, is actually surprisingly amazing, right? good. Yeah, it's shocking. I like, went into it hearing it was good, but being like, well, I loved Voltron as a kid. I went back and rewatched it. It is aged a bit. I'm not, not, in, oh. I'm not saying that's bad, but it's 80s as fuck, yeah, which yeah. is fine. But like, I was like, how could you update Me sure this? this is like, 80s AF. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Awesome, though. It was... <laughs> The new show, the Netflix show, was a great update. If you guys have you seen it? No, oh, yeah. If you guys haven't seen it, you Dude, should check it's, it out. It's, it's, it, it's it, worth it. It took the a watch little bit for, sure. for me to get into it because it's like, all right, cool, has Agreed. a good start, has a good whatever. But it was like that second to last episode of season one. I was like, oh damn. Yeah. But in season season one, they've now established this is what we're doing, this is what's gonna be different, this is yeah. what's gonna be the same. And there's really good storytelling, and it's one of those shows that really does work for kids yeah. and also for people who are supposed to be adults, like Yeah, this. totally. Absolutely. I would say, yeah. Voltron was my favorite figure, and I, I'm trying to think of another one. I'm like, oh, there's things I've bought that I had no involvement in, like our original Doctor Doom premium format. We sitting yeah. in the throne is yeah. like just so hard cool. to beat. You know, it's always like he's got I'm, a hamburger face. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> you both like hamburger faces. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But again, Doom just like Spawn should keep that mask on, right? Yeah, I don't want to see. Doom's I, face. I agree. I don't uh, want to see his hamburger face. I want to see his face. It's cool when you can, when you get close to his yeah. eyes, you right. see you hints see, of yes, it. Yes, I that's agree it. with that. That's the I, end of I it. I loved it when they started drawing with like the one like connecting piece of sinew like over his eye. I love that. That was Ugh. awesome. I, it it kind of like it's like when you have that one piece of like dried up saliva on your lip and you see someone talk it just sticks, sticks to the lip yeah. that's what that reminds me of it grosses me in out the eye. Gross. I love it. Yeah, in his eye <laughs> well Dave so let me hot. ask you this when, yeah. you, when you were growing up yeah. what was the one toy that I don't know if you bought it with your own money you got it for Christmas you got it for a birthday whatever but you opened it and you were like I got it. And it lived up to expectations. It was the toy that you'd get back today if you could. The Dino Riders T-Rex. Oh, oh we did Dino a whole Riders. episode about Dude, that. Yeah. I got it for Christmas. And like I got the T-Rex. My brother got the Brontosaurus. And I was oh, like you losing got the, you my won. You won. You won. This is a lot about our personalities as kids, too, because I was like more like crazy. Like, ah! like I have a twin brother. So like. We, we, oh, I yeah. didn't even know that. Yeah. So he wasn't like ridiculously jealous that you got clearly the better, cooler one. I can't remember because I just didn't give a shit because I was so happy with what I got. <laughs> I didn't care what he well, got. That kid, he could have yeah. he could have gotten a Ferrari and not being able to drive. And just all right, now that makes sense for him. Rockets. I got the T Rex Dino Rider, man. I was like so stoked. That's awesome. so awesome. I, I yeah. can I can see why that would be so awesome. What? Yeah. Conversely, what's a toy that either you never wanted and someone gave you, or you thought it was going to be cool and then you got it? And we're you were thinking just like, like the magician Raphael. 
Oh, like man. something that you were like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Man, I don't know. Because I think I always like, I had such a weird imagination as a kid. Like, I even played with Barbies with my, yeah. with my friends. We would play with like Barbies, just like have like what, and, you know, my parents. Like, were you playing in Barbie World or was she like someone's girlfriend or like Barbie World? We were in Barbie World a little bit. And then she came over in a G.I. Joe World or whatever and things got weird. But you know, that, I mean, like. the scale, like were was, they, they were okay with that? It was, Barbie I, and I didn't actually She's thought of her as like bro. a tall Amazon woman. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, which I'm like, tall chicks are odd. Like, I love it. Like, I just, I think everything's weird and cool. Like, just, I don't know. Like, I, I love Drag Race and that's like a concept. Up, like people like don't get. I'm like sure. you gotta watch RuPaul's Drag Race. It's like why everything hasn't combined. Barbie capitalized on that yet? Holy uh, dude, shit! That's gotta be yeah, next. Right? Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, you hey, heard it here first. You heard it here first. Barbie and RuPaul don't steal our idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean like RuPaul, tweet, you can steal our idea. Chatted Tweeterhead. Yeah, chatted yeah. Tweeterhead made the first RuPaul maquette. I'm like we're finally distributing the second version of that. Like that's it's cool. So cool. You know, like cool things are different now. Like I just I don't know if like there. I can't think of one maybe because maybe I was just so over like overwhelmed. Like I had a huge box of the classic GI Joes, man. Like yeah. the, not. 12 inch ones, the three, three sure, quarter sure. ones with the yeah, rubber yeah. band belly or whatever. Yeah. I broke them all. Whatever. Did you ever take the screw out and then customize them? You can no, swap I was not stuff? good customizer. Like I, <laughs> I was, I was a get it out of the box. And that's what it was. But you could like have other people hold other weapons. You could have Barbie play GI Joe. You could have yeah. the T Rex in there too from Dino Riders. Oh, Dino like, Riders and GI Joe mixed. played well together. Yeah, for sure. dude. Everything. I was, I, he was. You were a crossover yeah, guy. Yeah, I, right? I, okay. I kind of played Terminator. Or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or GI Joe. I didn't really cross people. Oh too man, much. I love crossing stuff over. That's like I think why some of my favorite stuff. I'm just dying for the day where like, like Thundercats and Master Universe are underneath the same license umbrella, and I can like uh, they can be their own movies. Then you get like the you get like the Avengers Infinity War where everything comes together of like Lion sure, and He Man sure. are fighting against like a big mega th- like Hordak I, that I was inspired by Mumra. I want to see the first part of that crossover though when yeah. they first because every crossover starts with the, the, the good guys like fighting with each other and then they team up to defeat the bad guy. Yeah. It's like I want to see Lionel fight He-Man and see who, who wins that yeah. fight. That yeah. would be bad. That would be awesome. Who do you have your money on? That would be good. Oh man, that'd be tough man because I think Lionel is a little bit less experienced. They're both inexperienced in a way. They're both kids that relied on certain something to make them better. Power right? sure. Like Lionel was like a, a child that in his body grew, but he has a child's mind, so he's not as big, big of a leader. But then yeah. you have Prince Adam turn to He-Man. He has the power sword. Yeah, I I, I couldn't tell you because basically that would be a good fight. That'd be a good. That would be almost like Captain America and Iron Man yeah. fighting in Civil War. I think it's like not one can really beat the other. It sure. takes like a weird, unique circumstance to ch- tilt it one way or the other. No, Lionel would win. You think Lionel would win? <laughs> he does have the glove on top of the sword. I mean, yeah, he's got a, he's got claws. I think he has uh, maybe a little bit more weapon weaponized he's, body. Uh, to he's a little more with. acrobatic too. Maybe, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I, you might be the right. Feline, you know, that feline edge. Yeah. yeah. Although, well, man, and also, He-Man's, can you imagine He-Man getting scratched? Me like, oh my god. But he has got the power of Grayskull behind yeah, him, man. Yeah, Sorceress yeah. and everything. It doesn't help you from getting an infected cat scratch, though. Yeah, with that giant claw. <laughs> That's glove, true. Right? He gets like like in uh like the Hound in Game of Thrones, where he just gets that one little scratch. <laughs> yeah. And puts him down. And he like struggles to fight Bran of Tarth. You yeah. know, or whatever. I, interesting. <laughs> or Khal Drogo. He died from a little scratch. See? Do you think That's what battle, I'm about. Do you think Battle Cat would kind of be on Lionel's side? Oh, Ooh. that would be an interesting twist. I like that. Like Lino just like Aquaman's that thing. He's yeah, like, yeah. I'm the master of cats and the cat, like cringer. Lion, uh, like, yeah, yeah. Battle Cat, yeah, shakes off the the saddle and is like, I'm yeah. with him. Yeah, I'm with. Oh man, He's that like, would be a good bro? twist. Oh, <laughs> if this catnip. is like a if this is a limited series like on HBO, like a ten episode thing, that would be like episode, episode eight. Yeah, right. end of episode eight. Then you're like, what's gonna happen these oh last God. two episodes? <laughs> oh, Lionel and Battle Cat riding off into the distance Dude, and like man being like, no, I don't think Lionel Lionel would ride Battle Cat. Why that's not? like Sir Didymus riding the dog in Labyrinth. Like it doesn't. 
Why would you ride your own species? Why right? wouldn't you? He's that's a like, bad, little, that's you like everything Little Mermaid, too. Did you watch the Honest <laughs> yeah. Trailer for that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Yeah, it, a lot of that does not make sense, but I mean, I guess... No, I suppose that doesn't make sense, but at the same time... Speaking of crossover, there's Rogue hugging Chewbacca. I love it. I, li- I, I love, I love it, too. No, man. Like, I, I love talking to you guys. I love how random and tangential this got. I love that. So I, I love talking about what we do questions here. Down. <laughs> no, it, it was much better once we got off this. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> scripts are dumb. Like Andy already plugged the uh, Sideshow's website. Do it again, though. Yeah, Sideshow.com or SideshowToy.com, you know, is great for everything we do. We have the Court of the Dead website as well. That's our own original IP, which is really exciting because it's like as fun as it is. Working in all these other like licenses that we have, like creating our own is really exciting as yeah. well. So like kind of mm-hmm. forging your own destiny yeah. to speak, you know, and we're on we're on Instagram and uh, Twitter and Facebook and everything. So, you know, just find Sideshow or Court of the Dead on all those media platforms and yeah, I don't know. I just hope everyone hope we can keep making what everyone loves and continue to up our game and, you know, make Really nerdy stuff or nerdy collections. I mean, awesome job so far, right? Yeah. Just keep on keeping on. <laughs> Hold the course. That's all you got to do. Well, Dave, thank you so much, man. I hope you have a great thank rest you of the guys. time. We got, we got a two and a half days left. Today and tomorrow will be big days, right? Yeah, have have those uh, cough drops, man. Those really help the that, throat. Yeah, it, You're doing a is, lot of talking. You this know, is not are. Dave's first Comic-Con. He says you got to start using cough drops before yeah, day one. your voice gets scratchy. Shit. I always yeah. got this sexy-ass voice, so it just is like this. Yeah. this is it just, gets sexier and sexier as the just, con goes yeah. on. I wish we got and sexier gentlemen. and sexier as the con goes on. You know, we get sweatier and yeah, we get, use our underwear. I lose a little weight, though, which is nice when I come here. Because yeah. I'm like, I I'm like oh, I wake up and go right to the con and skip breakfast. And then all of a sudden, like yep. the con closes. You're like, oh, I didn't eat lunch. Yeah. And then you're like, I got to go to this party, so you just eat a $5 sub from Subway real quick, a six-inch, and you have a light dinner, and then you're... Out, you know, hanging out for the but rest I've of the night. But I've already started planning my fat meal for Tuesday. Like nice. I already know what I'm gonna eat. The recovery meal. It, yeah, I nice. know it's gonna make me sick. But oh, like, yeah. your I mean, body's what, gonna go what to the fuck shock. else am I gonna do? Like, well, what is it? You fat can't just sals, baby. Fuck yeah, I forget fat the name sals. of it, but oh. it's it's, uh, it's got chicken tenders. It's got. I bet it has onion the word ring. fat in it. Oh, oh, it definitely does. <laughs> yeah, that's my fat meal is from fat sals, and I'm gonna the go. Fat sals good. Yeah, Doghouse is great. Have you been to Doghouse? Yeah, Doghouse is good. Guy. No, but dude, their hamburgers mm-hmm. are great. Get the holy aioli hamburger with the fried egg on it. It's my favorite hamburger. Dude, I just got this is again way off the fucking topic. I discovered eggs on hamburgers. Like I know that's been a thing. I discovered like if you've a never year gone to ago, Fat Burger, bro. I did, but I never got the egg. I discovered oh, it at the stand man. over by me and Encino, and it was like mm. revolutionized the fucking yeah. hamburger. Mm, like dude. I'll never have one without a, an egg again. Go to Doghouse because they have those sweet Hawaiian roll buns, yeah. you know, which is great. And I like the holy oli yeah. with the fried <laughs> ass. You have to because it doesn't come with a fried egg, but you can get it on for like an extra buck. Sideshow sure. and the Launchpad Podcast are not sponsored by Subway or Doghouse <laughs> or, or the Fat Burger or, 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 or Burger. Yeah, I'm more of a Jersey Mike's guy. I just always default to Subway because <laughs> it's right. It's like right there through. Oh, like yeah. it's like just right there. Sure, sure. Yeah. No. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, I'm glad. Thanks for the disclaimer. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, we're yeah we're not sponsored by that, but it's very important when Yo, you want. I could Comic-Con. sure go for it. Fat sell sandwich yeah, right now. Post disclaimer: awesome. I I am my own person, and I <laughs> half the things I say if the I say I don't like something don't work. Yeah, go are not mine. representative of. And yeah. I endorse this sandwich. I can't wait until like our phones in an hour start blowing up from fat sales. What did fat you burger. say? Like, but no, like a bidding war for our sponsorship. Ooh, I like yeah, that. That's no, what you, I need. <laughs> you guys sound real fat. You know what you're talking about. You know all about those fucking toys and our burgers. <laughs> 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 all right, man. We're gonna let you get back to work too. Awesome. But this has been super fucking super cool. Fun. We will talk to you guys in a bit. Have a good rest of the con, and we will see you guys soon. Rocketeers out. That was awesome, man. I I love 
talking to those guys. I, I, <laughs> they definitely got derailed a little bit, but that's part of the fun about doing this, man. When you can just bullshit nerd out with people and just have a good time. I and love that's the that thing, stuff. You know, you know, we're lucky because this show really opens a lot of doors for us in terms of like meeting heroes and meeting people that that work with and do things that we care about on a really passionate level, and. Some of those things are super visual, and like toys are one of them, right? You and I can talk about toys all we want, but it's a it's a different thing to like see it. You know, the people who went to Comic Con, you know, walked up and saw some of this stuff, and I was like, "Are these interviews going to be worth it?" Because we're talking about stuff that people might not be able to see. But then you talk to these guys like Dave and Andy, and they're just super awesome nerds who love the same stuff that you do and they're passionate about it and it doesn't matter what we're talking about like we certainly went on a couple of tangents there but they were all super fun right we went on a sandwich (laughs) tangent that's pretty amazing but like it was just you know you 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 meet a kindred spirit to a certain extent and you're like we're cut from the same cloth you know you're in my clan you know what i mean it doesn't matter where you come from yeah you know, if you like Lord of the Rings and I like Star Wars, it doesn't matter, especially a Comic-Con. That's just the meeting place for for all the people who love that kind of stuff, you know, and you're, you're with kindred spirits. I really do feel that way. And I think Andy and Dave were great examples of that, you know. They were big time, big time, awesome kindred nerdy spirits. It was good, man. How's that uh, Death Trooper doing? You you and Andy splitting them up? <laughs> yeah, it's his week this week. <laughs> oh man, bummer. <laughs> I gotta say, the only down part about that whole thing was because you slid into that interview. I didn't get to give you the the Han Solo Chewbacca hug that I wanted because that was the first time we'd seen each other since april i think right may june july that was three yeah. months that's a that's a quarter of a fucking year that we hadn't seen each other yeah and it was the first time we were getting a podcast in person again it's pretty but awesome I, like, I do like the downside of it was not being able to hug each other but the upside was like hello we're professionals and we just immediately start interviews like whenever it's no problem we don't we'll, we'll, we'll hug it out <laughs> later <laughs> we're professional enough that to keep our funny. bro love till till the end <laughs> <laughs> Very true, man. That was fun. And it was good to see you. And it was great to do San Diego Comic-Con. And guys, we're wrapping up our San Diego Comic-Con content, but we have one more giant interview. And this is awesome. It's Dave Gibbons, the artist who did Watchmen, the writer of some awesome comic Mm -hmm. books. And you will have to tune in to hear what we talk to him about. It's not what you think, but it's a lot of fun. And it's going to inspire a couple of episodes to come. But... Next week, we have Dave Gibbons. It's going to be awesome. Guys, check it out. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at LaunchpadPod, and on our website, launchpadpod.com. Guys, we love hearing from you. Keep hitting us up. Big shout out to all our fans. I mean, we've been getting a lot of interaction lately. We love hearing when you guys are like, hey, remember that one episode, that one thing you said? I thought that was funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when it sounds like you've listened to more than one episode, it, it tickles our little funny bones. We're like, ooh. They're listening. They're listening. They're really listening. (laughs) It's true, man. It's been a great month. We really appreciate everybody tuning in for our Comic-Con content, and uh, we're glad you guys are digging it. Till next time, guys, we're the Rocketeers, and we're out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero.